0: This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The title of this message is God's View of Our Problems. God's View of Our Problems. I want you to think uh, here we are in the springtime of the year. When you want to see a plant grow, when you want to see a plant be more healthy, what do we normally do to that plant? We water it, but also we prune it. Now, when we prune a plant so that the fresh growth comes back later in the year, when we prune it, we're not angry with the plant. We're not trying to destroy the plant. It may look like it when you get through pruning A plant or a crepe myrtle tree or whatever it may be you say well it looks like you've butchered it but we know from experience that it actually comes back stronger than ever before now if you want to grow spiritually sometimes god in love will prune you but he's not angry just like you're not angry with a plant that you prune You prune it because you want it to be better. God will allow you sometimes to go through a hard time. He's not punishing you because remember, He punished Jesus Christ on the cross in your place. Well, then, why is He allowing me to go through such a hard time? You know, sometimes we go through hard times because of other people. But if we'll be honest, most of the time we go through hard times because of ourselves. We bring hard times on ourselves. And so that's what we're talking about this morning is God's view of our problems. Now, God wants you and I to become more like Jesus Christ. In other words, you say, well, what was Jesus like? Well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, and self-control. So if we could have spent time with Jesus while he was in his physical body, we would have seen a very loving man, a very kind, a very patient, a very gentle man, a man who had long-suffering and self-control. That's what we would have seen. And God wants us to continually, while we're alive on this earth, we need to continually become like Jesus Christ. It's a gradual process. And so God allows us to be pruned so that we may become more like Christ Jesus. But always remember this, when you think of pruning shears, remember God's pruning shears are always dipped in his love. So when he prunes you, he's not beating you up, he's actually loving you in the process. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, In this passage, Paul uh, had been explaining his willingness to undergo all kinds of suffering and danger because he had before him the certain hope that when he died, I'm going to go to heaven. So while I'm here on this earth, I want to do the most that I can for the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm sure he was tempted, but according to the scripture, Paul did not lose heart in the process. Although on the one hand, the process of physical decay, that we all go through. Have you noticed you're getting older, or is it just me? We're all getting a little bit older. Our body's physically decaying. Yet, on the other hand, spiritually speaking, we should be getting stronger and stronger every single day, because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so, Paul realized that the more he suffered, the more the grace of God was made available to other people. When he suffered for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, more people got saved. And more thanksgiving ascended to God because more people were getting saved. And the more thanksgiving that ascended to God, the more God was glorified. So God's chief aim for man is for us to bring him glory. And sometimes, my friend, I love you, so listen. Sometimes that means we're going to go through suffering, not to pay for our sins. Jesus has already paid for all sins one time forever. Well, then what's the purpose in it? The purpose is God uses our suffering to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ if we respond the right way like we see uh, with the Apostle Paul. So let's break right into this chapter, 2 Corinthians Uh, Chapter 4, let's look at verses 16 through 18. Paul said, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man, talking about the physical body, is decaying, yet our inner man, talking about the spirit and the soul, is being renewed day by day. Our bodies are going to the grave, but our spirit and our soul will live on forever in one of two places a place called heaven or a place called hell my friend listen you can make that decision today to be absent from this body to be present with the lord when that day comes for you verse 17 says for momentary talking about time listen it says in james that we're here just for a moment we're like a vapor and then we're gone in this moment called time my friend listen it goes away quickly He says here in verse 17, for momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, talking about time, we don't just get totally focused on this moment called time. Remember, we want to see all of life through God's view an eternal view. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's talking about eternity, God's viewpoint. We must always be thinking, what's going on here in this moment called time? What does it mean for all eternity? We must think like this to be growing children of God. He said, for the things which are seen are temporal. Listen, no matter where you live, what you drive, How you dress, who you know, where you go, it's all temporary. A brief moment called time. My friend, listen, our bodies are decaying. Our spirit and our soul lives forever. My friend, put all your trust where God's put all your sin on Jesus. Ask him to come into your heart and you'll receive his eternal life. And my friend, listen, you'll have a home in heaven. He says, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Eternity, God's viewpoint. So a very godly man, his name was Robert Mary McShane, said this. What matter in eternity? The slight awkwardness of time. You see, right now you may be going through a trouble, a very troubling time. But if you think and look at your situation through the eternal eyes of God, God's viewpoint, it's but a moment. It's but a flash. It's less than the blink of an eye. And we're all going to be gone because our bodies are decaying in this moment called time. So therefore, I need to see all of life through the eyes of God with an eternal view to make sense of the present. So number one, if you're taking notes, number one, the upward view we need to see our problems through the eyes of god from up above the name of my ministry is called abiding above ministries abiding speaks of our life here on this earth we're abiding in him the holy spirit who lives inside of us above speaks of the heavenlies where god the father is for all eternity where you and i are headed speaks of above. So what are we to do? We're to rest, abide on this earth, in this moment called time, above, where our eternal destiny will be forever and ever and ever. My friend, listen, this is brief. The eternal realm never ends. That's why it's called eternal. It never had a beginning. It'll never have an end. So there's the upward view. You see, God sees from an eternal perspective. He sees what is best for all eternity, not just for here now. What's going on in this world right now? You say, why would God allow it? Here's a bigger question. Why would man continue to do evil to cause the problems that we're having now? Because when God created the heavens and the earth, my friend, the Bible says, he said that it is good. Well, then why are things so bad? It's not God. It's man wanting to have his own way, living for the moment as if this is already heaven. My friend, listen, very, very wealthy men are right over here in the cemetery, their graveyard dead. You can't take it with you. We need to live with eternity in mind. You see, we need to see our problems through the lens of God's grace. You see, our success depends on God's grace. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Philippi. In Philippians 2.13, Paul says, For it is God who is at work, notice, in you, both to will, to work, for his good pleasure. So, you're in this brief moment called time. You choose to think of heaven more than you think of earth. You choose to see everything coming your way and even your family members, sometimes it's hard. You say, I'm going to choose to see this through the eyes of God from the eternal realm because this is a moment and that's forever. You choose to see where you are and what you're going through, you choose to see it through the eyes of God. He said, God, who is at work in you. He said, It's God's will, it's not your will. Our problem is we start as little children wanting to have our way. But instead of growing up and maturing, we keep having a childlike mind even though we're in adult bodies. Wanting to have my own way. Why not surrender our will to the one who created us to begin with in our mother's womb? If I came from his mind and God allowed me to be born, why don't I let him continue to control me? He started me because nothing has ever been created that God did not create Himself. So if He created me, who's in charge? God's in charge. We may think we are, but we're not. And if man would come to the realization worldwide, I'm not in charge, God is in charge, this whole world would change. It would change very quickly. He says, For it is God who is at work in you to will, to work for his good pleasure. That is, it's God's doing, not your doing. It's God's pleasure, not your pleasure. When we choose the upward view, as you walk down these streets, as we choose to say, I'm going to see everything from the eyes of God, from heaven back down to earth, it'll change your perspective, my friend it'll change your desires. When we choose the upward view, seeing our life, and yes, even our problems, from God's perspective, we see clearly his matchless grace. What may seem negative to you, one day you may realize the best thing that ever happened to me was I found myself in a place called Memphis Union Mission. What seemed negative Turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because it gave me an eternal perspective. It changed the way I was thinking. It put me in a place where I was hearing the Word of God, taught from the Word of God by men of God. And I began to be transformed. I began to see things differently. It's like putting on eternal glasses and seeing everything from the view of God. You see, as you choose to live a surrendered life, you will grow in God's grace, just like we're seeing now in the springtime. Beautiful growth everywhere. When you begin to see things through the eyes of God, my friend, you begin to grow in God's grace. As you grow, His mind is formed in you. And I want to tell you, sometimes people will not understand you. It's because if your mind is not formed and transformed by the renewing of your mind from the Word and the indwelling Holy Spirit, you cannot help but think like the present world system that's controlled by Satan. But when you allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God, when you take the Spirit and you allow Him to teach you through the eye gate and the ear gate, it transforms you. And you know what? You see things differently. And what makes some people perplexed doesn't bother you as much because you say, I don't know when, but God's going to show himself marvelous because of this right now. Somehow, some way, he's going to show his love. He's going to show his grace. And so as you grow, his mind is formed in you. And as you grow, his will becomes your will. More and more, instead of I'm going to do it my way, you begin to say I'm more comfortable doing it God's way. What's happening is your human will that he put in you is submitting in a positive way to his control by the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, as Wilbur Chapman said many years ago, our wills are ours to make them thine tell yourself no, tell him yes over and over again for 30 days, and you'll find that you'll begin to do that without thinking about it. If you're struggling with an addiction right now, tell yourself no, tell God yes for 30 days, and that addiction will lessen its grip on you. Begin today. Why not let him who created you as a baby Control you as a man. Why not? I tell you what, a fool says, I'll be in control. That's what Lucifer did in heaven. He said, I will ascend to be like the Most High God. This is what we're to do. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waited, yielded, and still. Becoming more like Christ is God's goal for me and you. So as you grow, his will becomes your will. What is happening is this the Holy Spirit is working his will in you. Paul said in Colossians 2:6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. You say, Well, How did I receive Christ Jesus as Lord? Paul said it in Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love for you, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive with Christ, by grace you have been saved. So what did Paul say in Colossians 2, 6? Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did I receive him? By grace? Well, then I'm to continue to walk in grace. Absolutely. How do I do that? By telling yourself no and telling him yes. And watch what happens, my friend. We are saved by grace as we exercise faith. He said, So walk in him by grace. Live your life. By faith, relying on his grace. That's how we start, and that's how we're to continue. How can we experience more of God's grace? I want to experience more of God's grace. Okay, I'm going to tell you how. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives a greater grace, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I want to ask you. Would people say that you are a proud man? The Bible teaches you to be a humble man. You say, well, how am I to be a humble man? Am I to walk around with my head down and slumped over and and try to have the look of humility? No, that's outward. How am I to be a humble man? I've said it three times, I'll say it four. Practice telling yourself no and telling him yes moment by moment. In about 30 days, people will recognize a difference in you. Remember, he's the potter, you're the clay. He's lovingly touching you, allowing things to come your way, to humble you in a positive way, not negative, so that you'll become more and more like Jesus Christ. And so, he gives a greater grace. Let's remember that God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble being humbled by problems and hard times will cause us to experience more of god's grace many many years ago my wife and i were traveling and we were in the country of france a place famous for making perfume you know they make perfume out of flowers they crush the flowers and out comes the perfume here's my question God may be allowing you to be crushed. He's not angry with you. Hey, listen, how do you anger an all-knowing God? Before you were a baby, he knew every sin that you would ever commit. He saw all of it placed on Jesus, who said, it is finished. He paid for it. So why would he allow you to go through a hard time? To pay back? How can you add to what Jesus has already done on the cross for all your sins? You can't add to it then why does he allow us to go through hard times? Not to pay us back because he's mad, but he's allowing that to humble us in a positive way to become more like Jesus Christ. When you're crushed, when things are hard, the real you comes out every single time. Every time you go through a tough time and it just seems if this is not going away, the real you is seen it comes out. What's in will come out. Problems for a mature Christian will cause more grace to come out of us. What's in the well comes up in the bucket. That is the upward view. But number two, let's look at the inward view, and I've already hinted at this, but let's also look at the inward view. Problems cause us to take a deeper look at ourselves. Have you noticed that when things keep going wrong for you, at some point you have to say, maybe it's me. Maybe I just need to sit down, sit before the Lord, knowing that He loves me, and listen to Him. You see, the inward view causes us to take a deeper look at ourselves. Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-one 31 and 32, He says, But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. See, listen, God loves you, and when He allows you to go through a tough time, He's not paying you back. He's not punishing you. Jesus has already taken that. What He's doing, He's holding you like a baby, letting you come to the end of yourself. You see, you need to have an upward view back down to earth and time then you got to have an inward view we take a deeper look at our inner motives am i self-seeking or seeking to bring god glory i don't think there's a day goes by that i don't have this thought come to my mind the bible says jesus made no reputation of himself there's not a day goes by that i don't have to say chris are you self-seeking Or are you seeking to bring God glory? We have to take a deeper look at our inner motives. Not only that, we take a deeper look at our actions. What I'm doing, am I trying to bring attention to myself or to God? What am I doing? Am I trying to bring attention to myself or God? When we have an inward view, it makes us take a deeper look at our words, subtleties, Is what I'm saying subtle, but it's inciting the flesh of others? Or is what I'm saying encouraging spiritual growth? When we take an inward view, we have to ask ourselves, is God controlling or am I controlling? When we take this inward view, we take a deeper look at the attitudes of our heart. Is it an attitude of rebellion Like I said a moment ago, Lucifer saying, I will ascend to be like the Most High God about my rights, my desires, my wants. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says, the spirit of man, remember, you're made up physically. What did Paul say in 2 Corinthians 4? Our outer bodies are decaying. Our inward man, our spirit and our soul, my friend, listen, they live forever. Third time I'm saying it in one of two places because this is a brief moment called time. It's a vapor. It's less than a twinkling of an eye. The spirit and the soul leaves the physical body and goes to a place called heaven or it goes to a place called hell. The lamp, the spirit of man, the spirit that you have where The Holy Spirit can live and commune with you. It's where your intuition is. It's where you commune with God, unbroken communion, which is what prayer really is. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his beings. You see, when we go through problems, there has to be the outer view, the upward view back to earth and time, the view of God. There has to be the inward view. What's going on with me? Why is this happening? And as we choose to surrender, the Holy Spirit works. He throws light on our thoughts. He throws light on our motives. That is so convicting. He throws light on our affections. He throws light on our actions. He approves and He also reproves the innermost thoughts and intentions of our heart. I mean, in His great love, my friend, in grace, He sees everything. And it's not for the purpose of humiliation. It's for the purpose of showing you what to do next and what's blocking you from becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ while you're still on earth. And you don't have much longer compared to an eternity that never ends. Our bodies are decaying. You see, problems cause us to take a deeper look at God's Word. It drives us back to our Bibles. It is during these times God will make His Word known to you. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 23 says, Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Did you hear that? God said, I will, I will make my words known to you. Never think when you open God's word that I just don't understand it. It's just too big and the words sound old. Remember this, God will make you understand his words. He does that by the Holy Spirit. It's illumination. It's refreshing so many times. Sometimes I'll visit people in the hospital. For many years when I was on staff at Bellevue Baptist, I would come right down here, and my hospitals that I visited twice a week were all the downtown hospitals, so I was down here all the time. A lot of times I would walk into the hospital to visit someone, and they'd have their Bible right there on the table beside the bed. And they'd begin to share with me what they were learning. And sometimes they even sounded a little bit judgmental. Christians need to get it together. And they're in a hospital bed and their Bible's right there. People need to get back in church. And they start all this and and I'll say, prior to you getting sick, where did you attend church? And they, boy, they would hang their head. They've only been in hospital a week or two. They're reading their Bible, and it's like they're beginning to see things, and they're realizing, I should have been in church all these years. I should have been in God's Word all these years. And now, within a week or two, they're already getting judgmental and getting the spirit of the elder brother. (laughs) Bless our pea hearts. How do we get like this? So, we have to find that we need to be back into God's Word, and sometimes our problems is what drives us there. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. You know, most months have 30, 31 days. So I want to encourage you to read a chapter of Proverbs every day. It'll keep the devil away. I want to encourage you also to read biographies of godly men and women. You know the beauty of that is when you read the biographies of godly men and women, you get to see their whole life. They lived it 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years. And you get to read their biographies and you see what they went through in their 20s and 30s, and then you finally get to see, well, I'll be. It turned out for their good. And they're praising the Lord for everything they went through. That's one of the beauties of reading biographies of the biblical saints. Third and last thing is this the outward view. We talked about the upward view, the inner view, now the outward view. How we respond to our problems makes our life way more. In the lives of other people, which I just said that as I thought about biographies I've read John and Charles Wesley, George Whitfield, Bertha Smith, Amy Carmichael. Amy Carmichael, you need to read that one. She wrote a little booklet called If. And when you read If, her little booklet called If, it's about Calvary Love, Agape. When I read that book, this comes to my mind. There is no way this woman could have ever. Ever written this book unless she first went through hell on earth, which she did. She's one of those who's first in heaven, I can tell you that. Very godly woman. And so there's the outward view. How we respond encourages or discourages other people. You know, I've learned over a long time now, it's not always good to go around telling everybody what you're going through when you're going through it it actually can discourage people. It's better to smile and get up and go again and let God show you, let him teach you what's happening. And then once it's all over, you're free from it. Then you can say, I didn't say anything about it, but let me tell y'all what happened to me the last two or three months. You get to tell the whole story. You came out the other side. You say, yeah, but I wanted them to pray for me and help me out of it. Yeah, but God didn't want you out of it too quickly because he was teaching you and you were learning. Paul said he welcomed all that. How we respond validates what we have been saying for years. Think about our children, everything they've heard us say in devotions and things, and then they see us go through a tough time, and they see how we respond, and they wait to see if what you've been saying all these years is real or not. And then when they say, it looks to me like it is, how in the world does he have joy through that? It must be because of the Holy Spirit. It must be because of God's love, mercy, and grace. You see, if we respond the wrong way, going through a tough time, it damages the reputation of the Lord. That doesn't mean you can damage his reputation as far as his person. But when other people are listening to you and watching you live and go through a tough time and you're responding the wrong way, after all those years you've said this and done that, that's been wonderful, now they begin to wonder, well, maybe everything that he or she said is not all that they thought it was. That's the time to shine the brightest. Now I want you to notice in closing here, notice how Jesus responded to the cross. Think about this. Before the foundation of the world, before there was an earth, before there was a tree, God the Father knew that God the Son would die on a tree on earth that wasn't here yet. He allowed it anyway. You see, God sent his Son to earth. God sent you to earth. You came from the mind of God. I came from the mind of God. It's no mistake. I was uh, recently in Washington, D.C. handing out gospel tracts with a team. I handed one to a man. He started crying. Then he started singing. I can't remember the name of the song, but a beautiful Christian song. I handed a tract to a man who was a Christian, and I just videoed him as he sang a beautiful voice, and then he stopped. He took his hat off. He looked closely at me and he said, I'm the product of a rape. And I had the godliest woman that ever walked the earth as a mother. And then he just teared up some more. You see, he may have come out of a rape situation, but he originally came from the mind of God. God knew he was going to send his son to the earth to die for all of us before the earth was even here. God knows your whole history until the day you die. He knows all there is about you. In Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 44, talking about Jesus, it was getting close for him to go to the cross. He came out and proceeded as was his custom. In other words, this is the way he lived his life. To the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So he left as was his accustomed to go pray. And then it says as he arrived to the place, it was the place he always went. It was his life. Some of you may have a place you do that here where you pray. He said to them, talking about his disciples, he said, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw And he knelt down and began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, what did I say earlier? Wilbur Chapman said, our wills are ours to make them thine. What did I say a few moments ago? If you will start telling yourself no and telling the Holy Spirit yes, in 30 days you'll overcome your addiction, your mind will begin to be transformed. And people will begin to see the beauty of Jesus in you. It's that simple. But you have to choose. You can, if you will. God the Father sent God the Son to this earth. And God the Father knew what was going to happen before all this was here. And he said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I don't know what problem you may be in, whether someone caused it, you caused it, or more than likely a combination of both, and you're in a tough time. See it from the mind of God. Let it cause you to look inwardly and say, God, I'd like for this to go away, but are you teaching me? Do I need to change in some area? What do you see that I can't see? Help me see it. Cause me to see it from Scripture. Verse 43, Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the earth. You know, Jesus is God. This is how he came and this is how he went from earth. Problems, perplexities. He was tempted in all points like we are. He had to continually see things through the eyes of the Father. He said, I only do those things that I see my Father in heaven do. And he lives inside of you and me. There's only one thing holding everything back. He gave us a free will to either tell him yes or tell him no. He did not create robots. You can tell Him yes or no. It's your choice. You see, Jesus responded to problems by seeking the Father's will. And the Father made provisions of strength for him. But Jesus still had to go through the same problems. He was arrested. Peter, the loudest of all the disciples, I'll go with you even to death. What did he do? Denied him how many times? Three times. And who had told him that he would do that prior? Jesus. You'll deny me three times before the cock crowed? When that cock crowed, the Bible says, and Jesus looked at Peter. Now think about this. He had already told Peter it was going to happen. So when he looked at Peter, he didn't have a look of scorn on his face. I believe he had a look of love that had the same look that Stephen had when he was being stoned that Saul of Tarsus, I believe, never got out of his mind. He was arrested. Peter denied him. He was beaten. He was judged by wicked men and he was crucified. So let me ask you, do you really have any problems compared to that? And he was God, but he does live inside of you if you're a believer. 1 Peter 2:24 says, "And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross." Why did he do that? So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. You're not a victim, my friend. Jesus was sent by God the Father to take your sin and the sins of others committed against you and also the sins that you commit against other people. Jesus bore all of that and died out with it because it was the will of the Father, and he followed all the way through with it. By his stripes, problems, we were healed. My friend, listen. If God so loved the world that he gave his only son, will he not use you even sometimes if it brings hardships and problems in your life? In the same way. He'll use you in the same way. See it correctly. The upward view, the inward view, and the outward view. Christ in you. This is the good news. Your body is decaying. Praise God! Aren't you glad? You say, why? How would you like to stay here forever? Paul said he was delighted, absent from this body, and what? Present with the Lord. I look forward to the day that I'm out of here. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.